Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kid Missing Radio. I am your host, Angelina Wilson. Today we're going to be talking about the case of Annette Craver Vale. She went missing at the age of 18. Uh, the prime suspect in the case is convicted murderer Felix Vale. He killed his first wife in 1962, and it took 50 years to get him convicted of that crime. But he's also suspected in Annette's case and in the case of Sharon Hensley, also vanished. Um, Please welcome Annette's mom, Mary Newton Rose. Can you tell us about, well, let's start off with the first time that you met Vale. You knew nothing about this past craziness. No, no. Um, I actually don't have a memory of the first time I met him. He he was very low profile when he was around me. He tried to make himself as invisible as possible. She met him at a tag sale, and I was there uh, at the tag sale. We were having it together with a, a friend, uh, but I don't remember seeing him at that tag sale, but obviously they exchanged phone numbers. And he was much older than your daughter. Yes, he was. Your daughter he could have been. He, oh, he was old right, enough to ahead. be her father. Oh, because she went missing in 1985. Four. Eighty-four. Four. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, some of you may be familiar with these names because this case has been all over. It's been <coughs> on Dateline 2020. Maria Elena Salinas, People Magazine investigates. Yet police have done very little to try and link him to Annette and Sharon in terms of their disappearances. They know he married Annette, and they know he was dating Sharon. Now, it took you, well, it takes back to when your daughter disappeared, and then I'll ask you about your relationship with the Hensleys. Let's do this in order. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is yeah, it, am I on? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was uh, 32 years before he was convicted, after she disappeared. He was convicted in 2016, and she right. disappeared in 1984. Um, right. and he was only convicted of the 62 murder, right? He was convicted of the murder of Mary Horton. They found her body just a few days later yeah. at the bottom of the... Calcasieu River, and they called it an accidental drowning at the time. Mm. Um, So about eight years after Annette disappeared, I was able to find the families of the other two victims. Sharon Hensley's mother, I contacted her, and, and the Horton family, and they were both very shocked when they knew that there were other victims. Um, and that was, pro- I think, that was in the early '90s when I c- was able to contact them. I found out about them. Actually, Felix is one of his sisters, who's now deceased, told me of these two cases, but she didn't know the names. Uh, oh, one of Vale's sisters. One of Vale's sisters. I surprised yeah. her, and showed up in Louisiana, and <laughs> knocked on her door. That was a surprise. Huh? 
I knew that she had seen Annette in October of 1984. That's where she was was with Felix, and they had gone to the Calcasieu County or Parish, rather Calcasieu Parish Fair. So I I think of October the 5th is the last day anyone saw her there in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, can you take us back to, I know that your daughter and this creep took your home from you, and then how long after that did she disappear? And what were the circumstances surrounding her disappearance, if you know? Well, she left him uh, in the spring, I think it was, of 83, and um, was going to go back to school, was going to get a divorce, and it was clear that there had been abuse. And he got her back. Somehow he convinced her that she needed to be with him. They took off together again, and when they came back, they demanded that I turn over the house to Annette. She and I owned it together. And uh, under great duress, I did quick, a quick claim deed and signed the house over to her, and I left Tulsa. And um, it, it, it was complicated because we had used, uh, for as a down payment, we had used money that her father left her when he died at her at age 13, she was, when he passed. Oh, he that's killed in a, He was killed in an automobile accident and when she was 13, which explains why that's she might have gotten hooked up with an older man. Uh, yeah, so, so under great duress, like I said, um, they basically forced me to move, but in hindsight, I regret that I did that. And, um, and within a few months... She put his name on the deed, and then within a few months from that, his name was on there exclusively, and that was, I think, in August, and by October she had disappeared. Well, I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I think she had planned to leave him again, and, of course, now I know that that's the most dangerous time in a relationship was when uh, when the victim um, threatens to leave, and the abuser will, you know, take action to keep this person from ever having a life again. Um, so I think that's she was leaving him again, and she he demanded that she give him the property. Uh, he wrote me a letter to that effect that uh, yeah. she felt like she owed it to him because of all the good that he had brought to her life or something like that. Um, is it true that he was so controlling he made her have an abortion? Yes, that's true. That's sad. Yeah, very sad. He did not want children. In fact, uh, word has it that his the, the wife, Mary Horton, who they had a just a several month old baby when Mary you know was found dead in the water and mm-hmm. uh and people say that she was pregnant again and and yes uh, i heard that and yeah and he said he didn't want the child that he had and he was and that she would never have another child again this is what he said to someone who rode to work with him one day after they found her dead yes i i remember reading that or hearing that Yes. I did a lot of research. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Um, now, you got a hold of Sharon Hensley's mother. Sharon disappeared in 1973 out in Correct. California, right? After the boy, at age seven, I think he was, went ran away and went to the police and said, look, st- make him stop giving me drugs. Right. He he was eight when that happened. Okay. You were close. Obviously and not was, right in the head at all. And that was in California, but that's not where she was when she disappeared. Oh. Yeah, the last time her parents Sorry. heard from her, excuse me, the last time no, her parents... Her, the last time her parents spoke to Sharon, she was also in Sulphur, Louisiana, with Felix's sister. Oh. Felix claims that they were in uh, Key West, Florida, when she took off in a boat with a couple. That's one of his stories. Yeah. And boat, uh, and according to him, Australia, and they were going to sail around the world. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. And according to him, uh, the story he told both me and the Hensley family was that uh, our our daughters were going to change their identity and leave their past behind. That we would never find them because they were going to change their names. Okay. (coughs) Wow. So when Peggy and I realized that that there was this parallel story we knew, we knew that he had... This was just a way to keep us from looking, because right. they they didn't they were no longer alive. You're right. Now, is it true he had another wife who says that he kept surgical saws? Oh yes, yes, that's a oh. story that yeah, Jerry Mitchell unco- uncovered. Yeah, he's um, incredible. Yeah, I highly recommend yeah. folks read his stuff from the Clarion Ledger. It's all online. Yes, he's a great reporter and a great investigator. I owe a lot to him. Now, his son said there was a picture of an African-American woman face down in a box. Yes, he's told that story. I I don't know anything about that, and Jerry Mitchell tried to look into it. uh, His son was so courageous. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, his son was uh, very confused. He had a lot of uh, what he called PTSD from having, a fa- from having a father like that. Uh, on one hand, he, yeah, he and his son and I were in contact frequently before he died, um, years before he died. Um, and he was afraid of his father, but he also had love for his father. So it was a yeah, very that's confusing, I would imagine. Yes, it was. And I can't imagine what it took for you to testify against that man and not want to jump off that witness stand and put your hands around his throat. Yeah. Yeah, luckily uh, at that time I didn't have that kind of rage. I've uh, I've worked through it. Actually, I had a dream a few years before the trial that I had stabbed him multiple times. Um, and I've, I've worked through a lot of the... Yes, I've worked through... A, a lot of the rage, but it's still there on some level. But um, I yeah, looked at him. Of course. Yeah. No, I to me, I, yeah, to me, I would want to grab him around the neck and say, "Now tell me where my child is, so that I can put her to rest." You know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's still in denial about any uh, his involvement in any of these deaths. <clears throat> so oh. chances are he's he's never going to confess nor tell where the bodies are of Sharon and Annette. And uh, so I'm. I'm Have you yeah. ever thought about going to visit him in jail and asking him? I have thought about. I have thought about that, Angelique. And I, I uh, yeah, several times I've. He he may or may not even consi- consent to seeing me, but I've I've considered going. Yeah, you're right because he doesn't have a set, so he may not. Right, right. No, he doesn't have to. He did say that he would like to talk to uh, Sharon. Uh, excuse me, Mary's brother. Will Horton, he said he would like to talk to him. So I think Will Will is willing, and they're trying to make a plan to go see him and maybe film the the talk. Yeah. Do you think the jail would allow that, though? Don't know. Don't know uh, if they would or not. They they let a film crew in to do a television show. It was all mostly about Felix talking. And telling his story, which of course was totally fabricated. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I missed that yeah, one. <laughs> it was a local Lake Charles, I think, television station. You, you can probably still pick it up somewhere. Um, Jer- either Jerry yeah. Mitchell or Will Horton. On YouTube. It's it's possible. I yeah. Ask me about it again another time, and I may be able to send it to you. Cool. <laughs> like I said, I wouldn't believe him if his tongue came notarized, but <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, no, he, he seems to live a lie. Um I wish I'd have known that, a lot more about him, you know, before Annette got involved with him. Yeah. So I can't say that I don't have regrets, but I I did the best that I could. She was a very bright and made really good decisions. As a child, she was out of high school two years early. She was an adventurer. She was gifted, and she was a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I trusted her, and I did yeah. not know him. It was a it was a mistake. I wouldn't like I said. I would definitely do it differently. You know what? Though you can't blame yourself because neither one of you really knew him well. So it's kind of you know. We meet someone and they seem nice to us, and but yeah. sometimes by the time yeah. you see the real person, it's too late. Yeah, he was definitely a manipulator and a you know a worker. Sounds he, like it. He had she wasn't the first one that he had manipulated, and I I honestly believe that Sharon Hensley was also threatening to leave him, and uh, we know Mary Horton had talked to her mother about getting a divorce. He was a con man. Yes, he was. He was a con man, and he knew Annette had money, and he and ended he up with the. Yeah. And he couldn't leave Sharon alive because, according to his own son, he told her he killed Mary. You're right, exactly, and that would have been a strong motive for him to to uh, put an end to her life, so she couldn't tell. Exactly. Of course, he told three other guys. And they came forward after they read Jerry Mitchell's story. You know, it was a you know group of guys just bragging about doing something that no one else had ever done before, and he bragged about it in a group of uh, buddies in California. He got around, didn't he? He traveled yeah. a lot. 
And it's uh, scary when you think he could be a serial killer because you you really have to trace his steps and see where he was and you know. Yes. Yes, and Jerry, I don't think it's over. He's he's actually after this book that he's working on now that's going to be published, I think next year, he said his next story is going to be gone about this. It's called, it's called Gone, his story. That's the name of the book? Yes, he's already actually started it. That was the name of the newspaper, nine pages, I think, in the Clarion Ledger, front page on a Sunday. It was called Gone, and uh, and now he has it on Kindle. So what he's done so far, a person can get on Kindle. And uh, he, I think he's going to expand that and maybe do some more investigating as he's writing the story. I can't wait, I can't wait to read the book when the book comes out. Yes. Hopefully everybody will get a chance to read it. It will be on iTunes or something or Google yeah, Play Yeah, well, it's, it's already what he's written so far. My brother-in-law read it on on Kindle. Yeah. So, uh, I don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and there is a lot, uh, a lot online. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, seg- segments of that, because it was in the newspaper. The start of it was the newspaper. Yeah. Now, how did you get hooked up with him? I was listening to National Public Radio and uh, uh, Democracy Now with Amy Goodman. And he was being interviewed by her because of his role in the uh, Neshoba County arrest of, I, I believe that one was about the three civil rights workers that were murdered. Oh, uh, yes, Medgar Evers, the, you said that. Pardon me? Medgar Evers? Uh, that's a different story. Yeah, no. I, I think I think the Neshoba County. Uh, to be honest with you, I really don't remember which story he has worked on. So many cases, but Neshoba County was a movie. It was more of a documentary, and he played a big role in in getting justice of uh, you know somebody who either planned or carried out a, a murder of a, an African American. So she was interviewing him, and when I realized that he was working on this story that I think was from 1962 as well, the same year that Sharon, I mean, that Mary Horton uh, mm-hmm. was killed. Uh, and I realized that he lived in Mississippi, and that's where this male perpetrator was living still, and he was born and raised in Mississippi. A uh, light went off, and I said, I have got to contact this person. This could be an answer to my prayers. And it was. It took a year and a half for us to finally meet. I I went to Mississippi, and whether he was going to meet me there or not, I was going to confront Mr. Vale. And uh, he did meet me there. So it was a year and a half after I contacted him, and I sent him lots and lots of documents. Um, and he said he was very interested in the case, but he was extremely busy with something else at the time. So that's how I found him from the radio, and I I called him probably the next day. Yeah, he said you broke into Vale's um, um, trailer, started throwing machetes out one by one. He's like, holy, yeah. holy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the year that he and I met in Mississippi. That was, I think, that was twenty in May of twenty fifth, twenty. I've forgotten. I've lost track. Twenty thirteen, maybe. Okay. Or, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was when we oh, first wow. met. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you initially find out that his first wife had been killed and this other girl had disappeared? Were you just when researching I, him? or? Oh, I was always researching him, but uh, I didn't find out much until I went to visit his sister, uh, the one that uh, he and Annette were uh, had stayed with in Sulphur, mm-hmm. Louisiana. I hadn't even, didn't even know about this uh, wife who supposedly drowned, but she mentioned it, and uh, she said, "You do know about, you know, his wife." And I said, "No, I sort of vaguely remembered maybe Annette mentioned it, but she believed that it was an accident." <clears throat> and his sister said the insurance, yeah. the life insurance company, were suspicious that it was not an accident, and they only paid him a fraction of what the face value of the life insurance policy. He had two policies he had taken out on her. Yeah. And when she said that, I thought, ah, a suspicious drowning, hmm. So I made note of mental note of that. And then as I was leaving, she said, oh, and there was another woman who, whose mother called my mother, which was Felix's mother as well, and was looking for her daughter for years, and uh, and I think her first name was Sharon. That's all she knew. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We have a caller. Okay. Great. Hold on. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, caller. What is your name? Hi. Uh, it's Benny, uh, Angelina. Uh, Benny oh, Fisher. Hi. And hi, Mary. Hi, Benny. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, I just you? wanted to uh, call in and say I'm so glad that you're doing this today. And um, I hope that, thank you. I hope that well, I hope this uh, nets as many members for the uh, Facebook group as uh, uh, Angelina, your uh, talk did with the uh, survivors of uh, one of the three missing girls in Fort Worth, because I know their group now has more than thirteen thousand members. Yes. And um, you know, all those people out there, you know, with this case in their mind. Um, They'll talk to people, you know, they'll run into people. And if if Felix talked to people about killing Mary Horton, he's talked about other things. And, you oh, know, yeah. they may pick something. And also they may find out about other women. So uh, I just think this is yep. a tremendous thing that you're doing. Thank you, well, thank you. Thank you and Rusty for making this possible. Because I know Rusty, you talked to Rusty and then you talked to me. So thank you both so much for making this happen. And well, the group, by well, the way, if anybody wants to join the group, it's Healing Through Justice. Yes. Uh, you, uh, you know, uh, when Mary and I uh, happened to meet at her cousin's house in uh, uh, in Texas, and uh, we were talking over dinner and talking about this, and so I said, well, you know, maybe we could get a Facebook group going. So I called Rusty Rusty and I asked him how he got his going and he referred me to you, Angelina. So that's how that story happened. <laughs> yes, and I actually talked to him the other day and thanked him for that. <laughs> oh, oh good. Well I'll um I won't stay on in case anybody else wants okay. to call in but I just wanted to say I'm so glad you're doing this and uh, yes, and uh thank you for best of luck in. on all this. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye Benny. Bye. Bye-bye. I love that name, Benny. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Uh, so that's how I found out about the other two women. And I was staying with a friend in San, uh, at the time, and uh, it was before computers. I went back and got on a typewriter. I did not take notes while I was with his sister oh. and um, because I didn't want her to get nervous. Yeah. And uh, her, her her name was Sue, Sue Jordan. She's passed away since. I ran back to my friend's house and got her in her old typewriter and typed up everything that that she that uh, Sue had told me, and uh, and then I started making phone calls and 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 located both of the families. Yeah. Were they as shocked to hear from you as you were to learn that there were other? victims? Uh, I think so. I, I think with Peggy Hensley, according to her son, it gave her a lot of peace when she died knowing what had really happened because she, like me, she held out hope and and suspected that he had killed her. But, you know, it was it gave her a little bit more peace knowing that that's likely what happened and that she was gone and uh, and with yeah. Will Horton we, we started working together I went to Louisiana and he reopened the case with the uh, Calcasieu County uh, or Calcasieu Parish I think Sheriff's Department uh, knowing and gave them the information so yes he was delighted that I called and then of course uh, Felix's son when I reached out to him he said he suspected all along that both of Annette and Sharon had been murdered, just like his mother, by his dad. Yeah, and he knew yeah. both of them. He knew both. Oh, Annette he, and... I'm sorry. He did know Annette. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. Annette came, went to his wedding with Felix in Sulphur, Louisiana. Ah, So he was already grown by that. Oh yes, yes. He was uh he was I think a few years older than Annette, but not many. I I don't know exactly his age, but he had three sons and I still have some contact with his his uh widow. So how old was he when he died? He was I think only forty two. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, he was it was throat cancer, and oh. he he thinks he thinks it's because he could never speak up. He was afraid to speak up. He was afraid of his father, especially after he spoke up uh, in, in California and went to the police at when he was eight. And uh, yeah. but Felix Felix blamed Sharon. He never blamed his son. Oh, that had According to be. To, yeah. Mhm. Those are Bill. Those are Bill's words. Yeah. That my dad always blamed Sharon. He didn't blame me. Yeah. I can understand though why he would be afraid. <coughs> oh yeah. He he would. Uh, actually, he said he knew. Uh, one day he got off of the bus, and saw his dad's car there. And he just started shaking, and he could hardly walk. You know, back to, up to the house. He was living with his grandparents after this all happened, after the, you know yeah. the California arrest. <clears throat> I believe his grand, his uh, paternal grandparents got custody of him. 
It looks like our... How are we doing for time? Two minutes. Okay. Um, I just I want to thank you for being here, for talking about this. I know it's very difficult. Um, well, thank you, I Angelina. sure hope that you get answers. Oh, you're very welcome. And I hope people will go to the page, read some of the stories that I've linked. Um, again, it's Healing Through Justice for Annette Craver and other victims of jail. And I want to let you know that on the 13th, it's either next Saturday or the Saturday after, not looking at the calendar, I will have Sheila Fuentes on my show. And this one's personal. She's my cousin, and her son was killed in an unsolved hit and run. Mm-hmm. She will be on. That's next Saturday. Her son, Xavier. That is next Saturday, okay. Talk yes, about her son, Xavier Fuentes. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. So please well, thank you. That. Yes, and thank you again for being on. Thank everybody for listening. Remember, if you couldn't listen here, you can listen archived. Um, the link will be all over my Facebook and on my website, of course. Uh, kid missing so <clears throat> have a great night a great rest of the weekend god bless everyone god bless you mary thank you for taking your time to do this god bless you bye-bye 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 goodbye everyone <laughs>